Welcome to The Thought Vault, where we learn to unlock our minds to live with more purpose and bold intention. I'm your host, Emily Vermillion. Take a deep breath and let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Thought Vault today. I am so pleased to have Sarah Geringer on the show to talk about thought life, meditation, and how the two really can transform your life and your mental health. Sarah is a speaker, podcaster, artist, author. She does a lot of things I wish I could do. Um, Her book called Transforming Your Thought Life, Christian Meditation in Focus. And she's also self-published three books. There's a new, a teen girl version of Transforming Your Thought Life, which I'm super excited about you doing that specifically for that age group. And it's um, being published in the fall. And her daily must-haves are similar to mine, hot tea, but I do coffee. She loves dark chocolate and fresh flowers. Me too. She lives in Southeast Missouri with her husband and three children. Her full bio is in the show notes of the show today. If you want more training and more of a community atmosphere, please head over to our private Facebook group called The Bold Insiders. This is a place where we join up as a community, get to know each other, put faces to names, and enjoy learning more about how our minds work. You can click the link in the show notes or go to boldpearls.com forward slash insiders. So welcome to the Thought Vault today, Sarah. I am so glad to be here with you, Emily. We've interacted online for a long time, but this is great to be here with you in this space today. It is. I was so happy to have connected with you. Um, Sarah and I are in this, like, I guess you would say training program. Sarah is published and she's doing a lot of things that I aspire to do. So we connected and a lot of the things, as you guys can tell from from the title of her book, Transforming Your Thought Life, I have so many episodes already about the subject. And I only have one about the Christian meditation, but meditation is something I've mentioned on the show. And Sarah has been doing this practice in her life. And I really felt like with her expertise on the subject and having this book dedicated specifically to the subject, it would be great to have you on. And for our listeners, I'm really excited for you to get some insight from Sarah and how you can apply this to your life. So I'll just kind of jump in, Sarah. Can you tell me in your terms what Christian meditation is? Christian meditation is very simply filling your mind with the truth of God's word. That's really all it is. Worldly meditation encourages us to like empty our minds and focus on ourselves. Mm -hmm. But what we do in Christian meditation, which is uh, actually in the Bible. So it's a, it's a biblical concept, an ancient concept, uh, but we just uh, carefully and deliberately and quietly focus on the scriptures. That's all it is. So I know that all of us are really busy, but literally, if you have two minutes a day, you can do this. It's so simple, and it's amazing how much peace uh, it brings to your life just by focusing your mind and your thoughts on God's Word. I love what you said, because for me, even beginning to go into Christian meditation, I think just hearing the word initially meditation, I always thought of like the... like. Oh, I, I don't know about that. I don't know if that's something I should be doing. And I, I think as a Christian, I just had this leeriness about it. But once I started reading, you're exactly right. It's in the Bible. Um, and instead of emptying your mind and, and looking internal to yourself to give you answers and clues to things, you're just focusing on God's word, the actual truth. And that's what I found so helpful is that 
you know, our flesh and our own unique circumstances are going to cause us to be responding to our life in a certain way that sometimes isn't grounded in truth and God's word. And so that has been what has helped me so much with this practice. It's like, in spite of all the chaos that I might feel like my life has brought me or walking through or whatever different emotions are going on, I'm able to have a moment. And like you said, it doesn't have to be long. I used to think like, oh, people meditate for like an hour. Like, Who has time for this? Um, but yeah, two minutes a day will dramatically uh, refocus your attitude. It will calm you. And as someone who's very analytical and kind of in my mind all day long, it's exhausting. And so having this time to just like quiet the noise, just meditate on God's word has been so life-giving. And I'm sure you can relate to that as well. And so I think that's what's important is there doesn't have to be a huge barrier in feeling like we can't do this in some respect or something as a believer. Like meditation is a is a good thing, especially when we are ruminating on God's word and his truth. Right. Uh, one of the things I think, because I live inside my head all day like you, yeah. uh, <laughs> when I bring a scripture into there, it it just clarifies everything. Uh, for the last several years, I've picked a focus verse for the entire year. Mm-hmm. And uh, in 2017, I quit my day job to write full time. So that was very, it was an anxious time to find my own work and yes. still find that income that I needed. And uh, the verse I had chosen that year was Isaiah 26, verse 3. And it says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Now you see that rolled off my tongue because I literally meditated on it thousands of times that year. And I had to say to myself, when I get worried about something, uh, I take a break and I think about that verse. It was on the screensaver on my computer. So I saw it a lot. And I thought, do I really live like I believe this is true? Because I believe God's word is true. Of course I do. We Christians, most of us do believe that God's word is true, but am I living according to it? And so I'd mull it around. Is my mind steadfast? Right now, it doesn't feel like it. Right. I ask God to help keep my mind steadfast because I trust in him. So how am I trusting in him? Am I trusting in him to provide for me instead of me going out and providing for myself? So it's like you work through this verse. You you literally kind of apply it. You know, I don't feel like I'm in perfect peace, but that's because I'm not keeping my mind steadfast. That's not because I'm not really trusting God. So then I have to go back to God and say, I surrender this to you. I trust you with this. And then we'd start that cycle over and over again. Anytime I was triggered by anxiety, I'd go back to that verse, surrender again to God. And it was okay. It We can, really can't wear him out right. with all those requests. You know, he uh-huh. wants us to grow and he knows it's not a one and done thing. So mm-hmm. part of meditation that's so important is the repetitive nature of it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's because we're driving those truths deeper and deeper and deeper into our subconscious And we're literally creating new neural pathways uh, instead of those downward spirals that our negative thoughts can so often take us on. We're literally building new highways of thought onto the truth rather than the lies that we're believing as we 
uh, repeat and meditate on it. We can memorize those verses and then they come up to, to our memory when we need to fight back against temptations that we're facing. So it all works together for our spiritual growth. Um, so you can meditate on a single verse every day out of your reading. You can pick one for a month. You can pick one for a whole year like I did. Uh, and my book, uh, I polled my audience, uh, what thought life struggles do you encounter most? And so I built the chapters around that so that women would have verses that apply to those specific problem areas like anxiety, negativity, criticism, those kind of areas. So I think there's a verse for every single issue that we're facing that we can use to counteract the lies. I love all that you just said. And I love you sharing a little bit of your history on how kind of this process started of you really holding on to that verse specifically in 2017 and being repetitive with it, because that is a key component to the meditation process is repetitively saying things to yourself and being uh, aware of what you're thinking about. And so for me, I can identify the same as you having been someone who has struggled with anxiety, OCD too, specifically. I have noticed that the meditation and 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 making this kind of like a, just a daily practice that I do, it helps, like you were mentioning, put a, a roadblock in front of all the spiraling thoughts that we can have. And that has helped me because I'm someone who likes to have a reason or solution for everything going on in my life. And sometimes it really is just surrendering uh, what is happening to the Lord and knowing that it's in his hands. And I found myself when I, like when I first started learning about meditation and practicing this, like my goal was, I felt so much that I was striving and not thriving. Like I was striving to feel a certain way. I was striving to achieve a certain, whatever I was focused on um, goal wise, like whether it was being a certain type of wife or mother or coach or any of that. And so it really gave me a time to just like learn how to be present, not feel like I was striving so much that I could just rest in God's presence in my life and his goals for me and his his laying out of the plan. I've always been a person who's felt in control and needed to be in control of things. And so this practice really helped me like just be submissive, be more submissive to God's his place in my heart and in my life and and really be more focused at knowing that I'm putting him in the right place and in the right priority. Because even if I had good intentions, which I would say most of my stuff that I was striving towards were good good things. They weren't like bad things, but uh, I was definitely putting a lot of that before God in my life because I was trying, I was feeling like I was accomplishing what he wanted me to, but instead of like I was focusing on the means and not the end and really it being about what those calls and passions and goals he had placed on my heart were to really draw me closer to him and really for me to be operating in his plan for my life. And so because I was kind of mixing that up, he wasn't out of the picture, but he was, okay, I'm doing this for you, God. Now let me go and do it. And I was just in this like striving and it was really making my anxiety like go haywire because I was feeling like I was dropping all the balls because of course I can't control everything. And of course it shouldn't be my way. It should be his way. And I just felt like the meditation and all of that kind of brought me back to that, that central 
place and and knowing that I was doing what I needed to do um, and placing in order what should be coming first in my day. And that should be like relenting to, <laughs> to God's will for my life and really making sure that I was thinking about what he wanted me to do and, and how I should approach it versus me just striving to figure it out on my own, so to speak. So um, I don't know if you can speak to that a little bit. Like how how has practicing meditation really helped you with your thought life and how that applies to the actions that we take? Yeah, that's a good question. I think uh, when I realized that we're under a spiritual battle every day, Mm-hmm. Um, that that's when I started realizing the power I had to fight back. I don't know that before that I understood uh, that I really had power through God's word to really do anything. Mm-hmm. And I think as I kept reading the Bible, I saw how people were tempted in different ways. And then I saw how Jesus himself, when he was tempted, he fought back with scriptures so if he's doing that as, you know, the son of God, then we certainly need to do it as fallen sinful people. So I started doing that, um, particularly, I talk about this in the guilty thoughts chapter of using Romans eight, verse one to counteract feelings of false guilt. I'm an Enneagram one. So Enneagram ones are perfectionists. We're very hard on ourselves. Me too. (laughs) So you get it. Like we we beat ourselves up, honestly, Mm -hmm. a lot of times for things we didn't even do wrong. It's just things we wish we would have done a different way. Right. Constantly going back to that, like, oh, I could have done it. Yeah. Yeah. Obsessing over. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So there was a time uh, my, my oldest son was about three years old or something. And I had been at a Bible study and I came, you know, back in the car, buckled him in, we're driving on our way home. And I said out loud, I didn't realize I was doing it. Well, that was so stupid, you know, and he's three and he's like, mom, you said stupid. That's a bad word. You know, Mm -hmm. it's because I was teaching him at that time. Don't call your brother stupid. Don't say that stupid. It's not polite, you know, and I realized that my thoughts were coming out through my lips. Like I'm condemning myself mm-hmm. and I'm being a bad example to my child. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I realized, well, it's real now that struggle it's out there. It's not just inside it's affecting me. It's affecting others. Mm-hmm. And so I was uh, studying the book of Romans that year And so I came upon that verse and and it says, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I realized um, that if I would use that verse, if I would remember that verse, if I would meditate on it again, when those temptations to criticize myself and obsess over whether I did something right or wrong Mm -hmm. in a social situation, I would say that verse out loud again, like adding an audio layer to it. I felt like I was rebuking Satan for it. It was like a stronghold, quite honestly, that he had me in. And if you're not familiar with that term stronghold, if you think about like a power base, if you're thinking about like warfare, the enemy would come on the coast and set up a power base to try to infiltrate more 
on the other territory. So that's what he does. It's not just slinging one arrow. It's setting up this whole power system that he's operating in. And I think all of us have different ones according to our personalities, according to what trauma has happened to us in the past, that he's going to keep attacking those areas because he knows that those are easy places to get us feeling defeated and down on ourselves. And so I realized that I'd have to do that over and over again. Yeah. uh, Because it was such, such an area in my life where he had had power before, but I needed to fight back again, just like Jesus did using that scripture to say, look, I'm not condemned anymore. I am covered by the blood of the lamb. That saves me. I don't have to do anything to prove that I'm saved. And if I make a mistake, it's okay because God will help me through it. I'm not, you know, lost forever. I'm not completely worthless, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a child of God. I can get back up in his power and start again. Yeah. And I love everything that you just said, because I can identify it, especially when it comes to being a mother and seeing reflections of things I've been doing that my kids are doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that is a huge motivation for me, uh, I think, in the beginning of this process to try to learn a new way. Um, I've always been someone who's identified as I'm an impatient person. It's not something I'm proud of, but I've, it's almost kind of like, that's just a label that I'm like, yeah, I'm an impatient person. Well, being a mother, you cannot be impatient because you have to learn how to be patient. And I just think to myself, I, I would be getting impatient and, you know, walking around that, oh, come on, we got to go. You know, we don't have time for this and things say things like that. And then it became something I noticed like my children doing, come on, we got to go hurry. And like, I didn't want them Mm -hmm. to feel like they were in a perpetual state of hurriedness. Like I always thought I was in. And so that was one of the first thoughts that I really, like you use the word rebuked. I rebuked it. I was like, and I went to scripture and I was able to just meditate on God's word and what he says about being, you know, gentle, like with our tongue and just all this stuff. And I would just like, look at the verse and then just say a prayer. And that really is how I started meditating. It was like, I would use my Bible time. I would be reading. I would specifically look uh, like you, like you were saying, like our thoughts are such great indicators of things that we can work on or meditate over. uh, Because a lot of times, you know, studies have shown up to 90% of our day is completely repetitive of the day before. And that includes what we're thinking about. So it's like perpetual groundhog's day. And I say this a lot because for me, that was an aha moment. It was like, my goodness, if I want things to change, like I have to be intentional about it because my first instinct is to think the same things I thought of yesterday, to do the same actions I did yesterday. And so if you want to see change, you have to like interrupt that flow. Mm -hmm. And so I would use that time to just open my Bible and I had a specific thought I wanted to work on. I would find scripture that, you know, spoke to that. And then I would just pray and I would just be And sometimes I would say the same sentence over and over again, like, Lord, please help me to let go of this. Lord, please help me to let go of this. And, you know, I would just say that to my, to him um, and saying it out loud so I could hear myself speak what I knew I needed help with. And so that was a way to kind of kickstart this, like you were mentioning, like this new pathway, this new neural pathway to start thinking differently because I wanted the nature of what I knew in my heart I wanted for myself, I wanted to that to really be in place. And so much of what we do 
Well, not so much. I would say everything we do first starts with a thought. And so if you're going to do things differently, you have to think differently. And uh, I would say meditation has been a key tool that has truly helped me do that. Because like you mentioned, Christian meditation is different than what we typically think of because we're not emptying our mind. We're filling it with truth, biblical truth. And like you mentioned, it gives us strength. It gives us the ability to understand how we could go forward and not allow certain things to have strongholds on us because we can build a new way of thinking. I I always hate that adage, like old dogs can't learn new tricks. I mean, that might be true for a dog, but like every morning we have new brain cells developed through the night. So you can learn new things. That is not something like you don't just have to agree that it's always been this way and it will continue to be this way. You can make change. Right. Yeah. Right. I, and I think you brought out something important too, Emily. You said when you're trying to overcome patience that you chose verses on like gentleness. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that um, in my book, I talk about uh, verses you can use to fight the problem, but mm-hmm. also verses you can use to pursue the opposite virtue. So like right. you're saying, impatient thoughts, you can focus on the verses that warn you against impatience but then you can also focus on the verses that help you pursue patience, peace instead of anxiety or self-control instead of anger. So I think using those in tandem, you know, one is like a guardrail from keeping to go in the wrong direction. And the other is like a positive way of like a pursuit that you want to go on. So I love that analogy. That is a great analogy. That's so true because um, like you mentioned, you specifically for the one verse you you were meditating on and learned, you know, it just rolls off your tongue from Isaiah. Like how beneficial is that now, like in your day-to-day life? Like if you're approaching something that is bringing up those similar feelings, you can immediately just meditate on that scripture and just say it out loud to yourself. It immediately causes, you know, a stop sign for going down, you know, bumping up against that guardrail as you just used. I love that analogy because I think it really gives a picture of what we're trying to accomplish. We're we're really trying to help ourselves uh, not believe something that's really ingrained in kind of a lie about who we are or, or how we are and really keeping us, pointing us to pursuing God's word, which is ultimately driving us closer to him, which is the greatest purpose of our life. So I love what you just said. That's such an awesome way to depict that. And so I would love for you to share, like, what are some ways that you daily like practice this and and ways that maybe someone who this is like all new to them, they haven't even considered this or even knew the phraseology of Christian meditation. What would you say are some good first steps to start practicing this or in ways that people could? Sure. So I know people kind of divide into two camps. Maybe you like using the Bible on your phone versus Mm -hmm. a paper Bible. So either way, sometimes I use the Bible app, the YouVersion one, and they always have like a verse of the day of devotional of the day. And at the end, like you can make a screensaver of it, or you can share it to social media. Mm -hmm. So let's say you chose to make it a screensaver well, then you were looking at it several times a day. It's, it's keeping you on track uh, throughout the day. And I think that's the important part about the repetition. Now, 
in my paper Bible, I use the one year Bible. So it's, it's a reading divided every day. There's a portion of the old Testament, the new Testament Psalms and Proverbs. Mm -hmm. So usually I just pick a certain idea that's standing out to me or something that God just kind of moves me toward. And then I leave it open on my table. And as I pass by, you know, sit down and have lunch or, sort some papers or something. I look back at it and just kind of meditated on a different way. Like maybe the first time I'm thinking, well, what does this say about who God is? You know, what does this say about the kind of plans that he has for his people? Mm -hmm. And then the second time I'll come back and say, well, how does this apply in my life right now? You know, what situation does this apply to? And then maybe the third time I'll come back and say, who do I need to introduce uh, to this concept in this verse? Who needs to hear this truth? So it's, it's all these levels. It's like between me and God, what I need to work on myself, what I need to do with others. Mm-hmm. There's something else I want to say is if you can write the verse out, uh, the way that God has wired our brains to work is if we write something down, anything, there's a 40% increase in our ability to remember it. Mm -hmm. So whether this is your grocery list, a a Bible verse, okay? So I know how easy it is to put your grocery list on your phone now, but you will remember things so much better if you actually write it out. So you could just have a block of sticky notes and write that verse out, put it on your dashboard of your car. If you're going to, you know, commuting to work, put it on your computer at work, you know, uh, put it in your planner. If you're a paper planner kind of person, you know, you could put that in there every day. And so, you know, your bathroom mirror. So there's all these creative ways. It's just remembering, finding the way that it can get in front of you several times so that you're focusing on that verse and the Holy Spirit will use it, it, you'll be surprised at the other ways he'll bring it to you. It'll show up in an email or some blog post you're reading or some sermon you're listening to, some podcast you're listening to. You'll be like, oh my goodness, God's trying to tell me something. Right. Exactly. You do your part and then he'll do all the other layers of you know, hiding it in your heart and mind. Yeah, exactly. And I love that. I love those examples because those are easy ways for us to continually have it in front of us because to build a new habit, you have to practice, you have to do it. Um, and it can take a little while. I mean, they, I think they say like, if you're trying to accomplish a big change, it could take like 90 days. Um, Mm -hmm. but in this respect, like we know that the word of God is living. And so, you can read the verse one time and have a have a connection to God in that instant. Um, and like you mentioned, I find that to be so true for myself. Once you have a verse on your heart, one that you are thinking about and and seeing continually, you do see it playing out <laughs> like mm-hmm. in your everyday life. And you're like, wow, I, I was missing this before. And I noticed for myself too, when I started doing really practicing this, I began to have such a craving for more like such a craving for more of God's word. And not that I didn't read my Bible before, but I think because I was being so intentional with thinking about the verses and 
And because they were being brought to life in my everyday life, it was like, I need more of this. So I just found a natural desire to, instead of sit down and read like one of my coaching books or something like that, I would just pick up my Bible. And it was like, I couldn't wait for that time in my day to have the time to do that. And I think that's one other point. Sarah mentioned a lot of great ways to to incorporate it daily in your life and be able to have like the sticky note on your dashboard or on the screensaver on your phone. And I definitely think that is such a helpful way in really reinstating like memorization. And I think that's really important. And then also you can always work it into a routine. So, you know, I started realizing I could really focus on meditation at night because my kids were asleep and I have already have like a morning routine. And although I will say starting your day, like very intentional with like a Christian meditation is like amazing. And some days I do get it done in the morning, which is great. But I found like, I, I have a really difficult time going to sleep, like very difficult time going to sleep. And so I just thought, that might be a time to do my Christian meditation. And it was funny because I started doing it. I started like, I I had my routine, get in bed. I actually have an app on my phone called Pray and it has already like Christian meditation prayers. So I would like have the verse that I was doing for the week and then I would go through the prayer and it's like the most relaxing thing. And I would almost instantly go to sleep after it. Like I would I would finish listening to the prayer and you can set it up to where it'll turn off when the when they're done saying the prayer. So you don't even have to like touch your phone again. And I would just like literally go to sleep like a baby. So it was like amazing. And I would wake up feeling refreshed because I went to sleep with just meditating on God's word. And it was healing. It was healing for the day that I had just had and setting me up for the next day. So I think also you may find setting it as part of a routine, whether morning or night or your lunch hour or whatever your circumstance is, will help you establish just a healthy habit of doing at the same time every day. Yeah, I agree with that. And I don't think anybody should have any guilt over this when Mm -hmm. I nursed all of my babies. And so during those years, a morning quiet time was real hard. Yes. (laughs) But we had like an afternoon nap. And so that's when I would do it. I just wanted to point out, I'm on the devotional writing team for Proverbs 31 Ministries. So I recently had a devotion called The Opportunity of Insomnia. Wow. And talking about how if you can um, meditate on God's word and you start memorizing those things, if you wake up in the middle of the night, which is very common if you're in middle age, then you'll have something to focus your mind on because it's so tempting when you wake up to just think about all these things that are bothering you or all these things that are on your to-do list. But if you've hidden God's word in your mind, you have that built-in opportunity to meditate on his word and base your prayers off of it. You don't have to turn on the light. You don't have to wake up your husband. (laughs) You've you've got that. You're right there and you can think about that. And that is what helps me go uh, back to sleep because, you know, if I start on those tracks of everything I'm worried about or everything I need to get done, I'll be awake for hours. Yes. And like, hung over, have a sleep hangover the whole next day. But if I decide to meet with God instead, and on that devotion, I give some more tips on how to do that. That gives me more peace than trying to, like we were talking about striving to get back to sleep by myself. 
Exactly. I love that example you gave because actually in some, I don't know at what point I read this, but I was probably just doing research for one of my podcast episodes. I I came across a, a devotion or not a devotion, a blog, a blogger. And she had said how much learning to meditate and learning specifically how to, from a believer's perspective, how to meditate, because she was in a place where she was kind of resentful. She was had a newborn. Let me set the stage. She had a newborn baby. Of course, she's going to be waking up multiple times during the night. And she was starting to get that sense. And, and maybe other mothers can relate. I can. You kind of start getting resentful because you're just like, I need sleep. I mean, you just get down to the basic need of like yep. needing more sleep and you're just resent, like you're resentful for the nighttime. And I felt that way. I would like have anxiety at night. I would know what I was getting ready to face. I was going to be mm-hmm. getting interrupted in my sleep, feeling so horribly exhausted the next day and through the night. And I didn't want to face it. And so she said that through this practice, you know, through what we're talking about doing this, these activities, she became to be excited about her nighttime, like and excited about being okay with getting woken up. And I just set, thought to myself, wow, I wish I would have known all this then when I was doing all that, because this is now my kids are four and three um, and they'll wake up randomly here and there, but it's very rare. So just in that time, I was thinking, wow, that would have been such an amazing perspective shift. And it goes back to what I think the whole point of us talking about this is this improves your thought life. This improves your mental health. It it gives you an ability. And I find to be so much more present in my day because I'm literally kind of living out whatever it is I've been, you know, specifically maybe a verse that I've been meditating on. It's like, I can see the context of it in my day. And that's kind of how I'm living the lens, which I'm living the day through. So I'm much more mindful to use that word, aware, more present. We both mentioned how we're in our minds a lot. And so for me, I found my day like going by and it'd be like, wait, what happened today? Was I present enough with the kids? You know, and it's because I was always thinking of the next thing I needed to do. And this practice has made me so much more aware of where I'm at right now. And I enjoy my life so much more because, I mean, that sounds like a big promise, but I think if you guys, uh, listeners, if y'all start trying to make this a habit, you're going to see that you're just a lot more aware of your time right now. And you're not so much in your mind, maybe thinking about the next thing or thinking about yesterday. Uh, You're just in your life right now. So I think it's a blessing. Yeah. And, um, you know, there are all kinds of scientific studies that talk about the health benefits of meditation, worldly or Christian. So you have to realize that applies to us too, but wouldn't you rather be focusing on God's word than just emptying your mind, listening to sounds or, you know, repeating some mantra, you can be rebuilding your thought life at the same time while reducing your blood pressure, building your immune system, sleeping better, building your concentration skills, you know, like you said, practicing mindfulness, but it's not mindfulness just for the sake of mindfulness. It's mindfulness to be more intentional in your walk with God. That's like a nice side benefit to this is that you're going to get all those other benefits that come from it, but you're getting it God's way instead of the world's way. Exactly. I love that. I think that's a good note to end on. And I think that that really drives home the point of us having this conversation today, because it's so much about, you know, God 
you're in your current circumstance, you're you're living the life that you have right now for a purpose. And if you're drawing closer to him and specifically through our example of Christian meditation, you're going to have so much more clarity about what's going on in your life. You're going to have so much more peace, even in the midst of maybe grief or anguish or hard times. You're just going to have a resounding authority in your heart and in your mind that God is here. It's okay. And, you know, there's more to this than what you're feeling right now. And you can kind of be rest assured that God's word is truth and it's it's living proof of how we're living out our day. And so I just am so glad that you came to have this conversation with us today, Sarah. Please share with the audience um, where they can find you, where you would like for them to keep up with you. I'll have the links to all of this in the show notes as well. You know, you can just go to the front page of sarahgaringer.com. You'll see my books, all the links to my podcasts and videos and all the resources that I have for you right on that front page. Awesome. All right. Well, I would love to close us in prayer and um, we can go about our day. So I just want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for letting us have this time today to open our hearts and our minds to hear the the way, God, that you have worked uh, in our lives and how we can draw closer to you, another tool for us to use that you've spoken to in your word uh, about meditating on your word, Lord. And we just pray that we will have the time to really give this more thought and to take the action steps it requires to make this a good habit in our day-to-day life and and drawing ultimately closer to you, Lord, so that we can live the life that you've called us to live. And we just thank you, Lord, for this time together. And we just um, praise your name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Well, until next time, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Romans 12, 2. And we will talk to you soon. Bye for now. 